What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Medical! Hey, behaves! All right, lot to get to, Johnny. Lot to get to. Uh, let's get right to it. Uh, I mean, lottery, Warriors, Jets. The Jets thing happened today. Incredible. Pretty nuts. Everyone's Sean, making fun Sean, of him. Sean Payton, pretty good at Photoshop, or someone <laughs> make that for him? Who's in charge of Sean's social game? It's strong. Uh, it is strong. Do you think he's got, like, an outside consultant? Like, Sean pays him, like, a 1000 bucks a month to get him, like, 40 followers? Colin had a uh, major curveball take today. What was that? Zion is not signed an agent. He technically could go back to school. He thinks that he should just withdraw from the draft unless they trade him. He should not play in New Orleans. See, and I, that is an interesting take. I have a thought on the. I, I will. I would like to respond to that take coming up, John. Oh, good. Uh, tease it up. But first, let's just tell the people here. We got the Warriors, Blazers. I think the Blazers might be a good value game too, uh, with the points. We've got. Uh, uh, NBA futures now. You think you know where teams are going. And, of course, we've got golf this weekend, and you've got a sneaky pick there. Uh, this podcast is brought to you by MyBookie. MyBookie.ag, promo code HAM and the numeral 1. Promo code HAM and the numeral 1 uh, for a, a 50% bonus at sign-up. If you'd like, uh, what do you think, Middlecoff? You got, let's, let's do a little pick here. Let's do a little golf. Because mybookie.ag, promo code HAM1, Tiger tees off tomorrow with Kepka and Molinari, Third, the last okay. three major winners. Recording this on uh, a Wednesday morning. Yeah, featured group. I said one of the, my favorites I loved was Justin Thomas. He pulled out, bad yeah, wrist. Yeah, you did it. That uh, was happened pretty quickly after the podcast the other day. <laughs> that did. Uh, right on time. Right now, Tiger's still the betting favorite. Him and Kepka have actually gone up a little bit, 10 to 1. A nugget I heard the other day on something, I can't even remember where I heard it. That the Beth Page Black, remember one of that was Wingfoot, but twice Phil Mickelson mm. has finished second at Beth Page Black. They played the U.S. Open there before. Now some people look at Phil like he's kind of over the hill, right? And he's kind of been struggling a little bit, but I think he's still got a little golf left in him. Right now, you can get Phil Mickelson at a course that clearly he's comfortable at, right? You finished twice, second at a U.S. Open, you can get him seventy to one. And again, I'm not saying put $1,000 on it, which would pay $70,000. But you just pay like 
I'm, I'm going to put 50 bucks down, maybe a hundred. Because $50, guy, if you fill wins, you get $3,500. Wow. I, I, think, I think the value there, just based on history, and I've listened to a lot of gambling podcasts over the last year, and one thing they always hammer home are guys' previous successes or failures at an individual course. It does tell you a lot, right? Like when you're no, – like baseball. If you don't hit a guy and you have a large sample size there, usually you're not in the lineup against that pitcher. It's kind of similar golf. There's a reason, like, can Tiger win the Masters? Well, fuck yeah, he can. He's won there five times, right? You know, it's, can Kepka win a PGA Championship? Yeah, he's won twice. Or USO, you know, he's just comfortable in certain so you, environments. Okay, so what about tournaments like this where, unlike the Masters, where the course is different? Yeah, that, that's where I'm saying the course is a little different than U.S. Open, you know, uh, setups. So well, you could argue it's a little easier. Well, but my reason, point is Phil's just comfortable. No, no, I, sorry. Uh, let me interrupt. Just I get that part. What I'm saying is, do you think there's anything common about U.S. Opens? The reason I ask is because not only has Phil finished twi- second twice at Bethpage in the U.S. Open, but he's finished second in the U.S. Open Six times. Well, yeah, that's why I'd argue like next in a couple in a month at the U.S. Open, which we'll be talking gambling then too for Phil. Like he's probably decent value at Pebble too. Now yeah. he's got if if he's just mixed the cut here, it might he might not be great value because he's not playing well. But I just think guy of all the value and all the guys on the board, like let's call it what it is. Tiger at ten to one, I, I would say ninety five percent chance he doesn't win is not great value. But Phil at 70 to 1, it was just, what, less than a month ago that Phil was driving down Magnolia and who knows who was taping him, and he was too behind going into Saturday. And he talked about hitting bombs. Like, Phil played really well at the Masters going into the weekend, and he just, you know, couldn't make any putts. I, I just, the 70 to 1 value guy, I just, talk, I'm putting $100 on it. Uh, so if I'm $7,000 richer, you all heard it here first. By the way, uh, Tied for thirteenth at the uh, Barclays in twenty sixteen at Beth Page. So, so, he, so here's well. my thing: why I, why I go back to the courses because you know as a couple golfers as we are on this podcast, That's right? You are just more comfortable with certain shots, right? There, if he just plays certain shots, the, every hole doesn't go the same way at every course. So certain holes, you know, have more dogleg rights or dogleg lefts or certain greens are different, and he's just comfortable at this course. I think Phil Mickelson. I, I'm going to go out on a limb. Phil Mickelson wins the PGA Championship. I'm just. I'm, I'm Tony Robbins. I'm talking it into existence. Is the uh, rough pretty high? I don't think it's as crazy at the PGA Championship as it has been at the, obviously at the U.S. Open because that's kind of like, you know, the defining characteristic yeah. of a U.S. Open to right. me is rough. I, I don't. I kind of like Tony Fino. What's it? What are his odds? Uh, like I feel like Tony's going to win one of these things. Well, yeah. To me, like the Tonys. The John Roms, the Rickies at like 30, 35, Bryson DeChambeau, 40 to 1. Like th- those guys in the next four or five years are going to win a major, if not a couple. You're going to hit on them. So you, I'm going to put some money on Tony Fina. I like that guy. He right. got, I mean, look, he just played well at the Masters with Tiger. Yeah, finished fifth. I just what, about, what about Ricky, 20 to 1? Do you think Ricky's ever going to get over the hump or he's yeah, just going to win? Yeah, I do. No, I, I think he'll get over the hump. I don't think it'll be rocket mortgages from here on out for him. I think he'll win a big one. I think he'd tell you, well, you know, even if I never win a major rocket mortgage and the Mercedes direct deposit's always cash. Yeah, so no, he's, life's fine. Pretty good. he's fine. Uh, all right, John. The NBA lottery, the greatest NBA lottery, some are saying, of all time. My, mybookie.ag, promo code HAM1. There you go. Uh, the greatest NBA draft lottery maybe of all time. Here, Here is the order one, two, three, four. 
the odds that these teams had. The Pelicans were ninth in the odds. The Grizzlies, who had the second pick, were eighth. The Knicks, who got the third pick, were first. And the Lakers, who had the fourth pick, were 11th. The Knicks had a 14% chance of getting the first pick. The Cavs had a 14% chance of getting the first pick. And the Suns had a 14% chance of getting the first pick. Only one of them even was in the lottery. Pretty awesome. Good job. Uh, Good job, David uh, Stern. Or Adam Silver. (laughs) I'd make fun of Adam Silver a lot because he's not like David Stern. There are certain things that he's let take over the league. And tanking was something that happened on his watch. But he was active and he was progressive in terms of changing the percentages. And I'm going to tip my hat to him. It worked because too many teams in the league, and I think two teams that fans' bases kind of threw the fucking probably the shoe at the wall last night would be the Cavs and the Bulls. Definitely the Cavs, who actively tanked and it backfired. Now, you know, the karma gods, how many times have the Cavs won the lottery? Like four times in the last 15 years. Did yeah, you so listen to car- Simmons and, and Russillo? I did. That's uh, right. Yeah. They got deep I mean, into karma. I thought it was a good karma ranking. Yeah, to me, they they were they didn't deserve it. And I'm even if you take away LeBron, because you could argue they kind of deserve LeBron at the time. It felt right. It was the three and four years of Kyrie, uh, Pizza Eden, Anthony Bennett, and I'm just not that good. Anthony Wiggins, who uh, or Andrew Wiggins, who they flipped for Kevin Love. But if they would have finished fifth, like they might not have ended up with Kevin Love, right? For whoever that player would have been that year. But to me, you can't have this many teams. And and I wonder, I'll be fascinated to see, like, how many more teams will just try next year? Because it shows you if you suck, you might as well just try to win, build a culture, because you're guaranteed nothing. Well, and on the flip side, what if you're just solid? You have a chance of being number one. Like, the upside to being ninth or 10th or 11th, you still have a shot at the lottery. Now, the Lakers are a good example, right? They were what, 11th? They they were 11th. Yeah. The Lakers by no means were not one of the worst teams in the NBA this year. So that they were they were actually, I think at the end of the day, probably a better than eleventh. You know, just they missed they had so many injuries. They were probably probably middle of the pack. I mean, let's call it what it is. They are a playoff team. I don't know where. Probably the seventh, eighth seed if East. LeBron stays healthy. But I think in even East. in the West, if LeBron plays eighty games or whatever, they probably win forty five games. Whatever. They're competing yeah, for the yeah, playoffs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I what where my heart dropped once they got into the final four and you knew it was coming, but you kind of don't, you're like, they go to commercial right as the final four gets announced. If the Lakers would have got Zion guy, I would have thrown a baseball through my wall because it wouldn't have It just would have meant that Zion was going to get traded. And who knows? I mean, I, I don't think it's a foregone conclusion that the Pelicans could just do an unreal overall reset with Zion. Like you could trade him. Right, just for an unlimited amount of packages. I think you could just do a lot. Like they just, to me, why they were so happy. To it wasn't necessarily just about Zion. It's just about the options that they now have that are unlimited. Right. Yes, and I, I, I do. I, I do okay, think it I was not about trade Zion. Him, but I'm just saying you have an yeah. unlimited amount of options. So right? I do think it was about Zion. This would be my counter to your to the point that you were saying Cowherd made uh, about Zion. Go go back to school and don't go pro. Um. First, well, he didn't. He didn't mean actually end up playing at Duke. He just meant pull yourself out of the draft right. and then go play for like Team USA. Right. He didn't mean actually ever play another game at Duke, but just refuse. Kind of John Elway, Eli Manning style. I guess his Twitter told me I'd forgotten about this. I don't know if you remember Stevie Francis. I guess pulled this off. 
back in the day to like the Vancouver Grizzlies in 1999. Wait, what did he? So what did he do? I don't remember this. I, I guess he just refused. I, I don't think he pulled out of the draft. He just said, I will not play for you. Oh, and gotcha. I, I, what if Zion said right now, I will not play for the Pelicans? He could do what Eli Manning. And even though, what did would Eli the, do that or was it Archie? Yeah, uh, Archie, I think. It would be the pressure from the shoe deal, like want to get him into a bigger market. Just want to get him on a different, another team. So probably the worst NBA market, would you say? Um, fan base. Yeah, like what's Orlando like? Phoenix. Phoenix has some. Phoenix is not fan a base. Yeah, to me, they're not a bad market. They're just shitty team. Not a great market, but yeah. Um. So here's my thing, though. Like, and I think we see this all the time. We talk about it all the time after players fail. We don't really talk about it before players have a chance to fail or succeed, and that's fit. And I'm not someone who wanted the Pelicans to win the lottery. I did want the Knicks to win the lottery. I did not want the Lakers. I'm with you on the Lakers thing. Like, I was so I was so locked in on it just because, like, please don't be the Lakers. But David Griffin is now the GM of the Pelicans. And Alvin Gentry is a, is a real NBA coach, is the head coach of the Pelicans. And the average NBA head coaching tenure is, like, 2.2 years. And as we see day after day after day – Competent GMs, like really good GMs, beyond competent GMs, are hard to come by. And so I get that New Orleans is not where you want to be if you're Zion, that you'd rather be a Nick or whatever. But I think it's a good, I think it's a really good potential situation. Now, the Anthony Davis thing is potentially weird. Like, do you trade him right now for the Lakers pick? Do you trade him right now for the Knicks pick? Do you try to get him and Zion to play together for a little bit? And then in February, Anthony's like, I'm telling you, I'm not resigning. And then you try to trade him then. That's a little hairy. I got one for you. I mean, I, I know Simmons and Rosillo talked about this. To me, the Lakers deal is not that great. The better deal would be you'll give us number three, R.J. Barrett and Kevin Knox right. and just some expiring contract. Well, no, and no, and their, their deal was, and the Ma- there's like two ones that the Mavs owe the Knicks. How do the Knicks... Like if Kevin and Kyrie go there, to me the Knicks would do that. And then RJ and Zion are best friends. Yeah, the question is, and you got Kevin Knox, who's a knockdown shooter. I, I think I the, like that team. I think the question is, if you're the Pelicans, Anthony Davis is still better than all that stuff. Do you roll the dice that you can play him a couple months and he'll do the Paul George and be like, you know what, this organization is different than the one that pissed me off, and Zion's awesome. And we can be great here. I don't know. I don't know what Anthony. Well, Sh- maybe he Shams, just... t- Shams tweeted last night that his stance has 100% not changed yeah. after the pick. Yeah, I saw but that. To me, to me, if he looks you in the eye and Rich Paul and says, under no circumstances, I don't care if I fall in love with this guy, I will not sign the $200 million now, given how often he gets hurt. I'm not as into risking it into the February thing. Right. I, I understand that logic because mm-hmm. what if they do fall in love? But if you can get me R.J. Barrett, who, as everyone said, was the consensus number one pick, and Kevin Knox, who to me at 20 years old is really valuable given his best skill is three-point shooting, and he's a good athlete, and then some other number ones, like, starts getting pretty enticing. That's You could argue R.J. Barrett, Kevin Knox, and some ones, just given the potential, they may have bu- both bust. That's pretty fucking good for Anthony. That's better than Ingram and Lonzo. Yeah, right? it's it is by far the best deal out there, and it's better than any deal you'll get in February. Hundred percent. 
then do it's not Evans. better than having Anthony Davis, but like you said, if he's telling you right now, I am not signing a contract, I'm not coming back here, then why mess with it? Why get, why have Zion be born into that world? You know, yeah. To me, if he's negative, Zion is such a happy, genuine human. Do you want that toxicity around him? Not really. I don't want like Rich Paul hanging around him. No. If he doesn't have an agent, if he's not an agent, um, do you uh, think? But that Kevin Kyrie and Anthony Davis are immediately the favorite in the in the East. Oh, in if, the East, yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be a pretty good uh, team on paper. That'd be a pretty good so team. Yes. Probably your favorite in the NBA. Period. <laughs> it, it, it's there. They would immediately be at like the Warrior status. Like, oh, Kyrie's out for two weeks. Like, yeah, yeah who gives a shit? What They're would just, be bigger hype, that or when LeBron and Bosh and D Wade got together? I think the Knicks one would be pretty nuts, right? Just given the fervor. I mean, LeBron, D Wade, and Bosh had like a rally in the stadium where they came out on stage in their jerseys. To me, the difference though is New York is the number one market in America. There's just more people. It's yeah, just a bigger that's team. That's true. That's true. Now, LeBron, would you argue when the Heat got him, is even a better player than what Kevin? I mean, LeBron at that stat at that time was in the peak of his fucking powers. <laughs> I mean, his I I still Kevin's great, but that four years in Miami, like Kevin's never been that good. I just got, I got news for everyone; he hasn't. So, um, what was the the point on Zion? Like Zion would just say, "I'm not going to go there," or well, just because like he no no no, but I mean like would he then end up like in the lottery draftable again, or what do you? Wait, well, yeah, you just you just roll it back next year. But next year, Memphis. I mean, well, I the Suns that, might win the lottery. That's why the argument's a little flawed. It could easily just be the Pelicans again. You know? I mean, yeah. See, I don't. I don't yeah, like it. No. I don't like it. And I think Griffin is like. I think we saw this in Cleveland to a degree. He has the skill that you have to have, especially now in the NBA, which is being able to work with people, like the Steve Kerr, Bob Myers skill. Like you have to have that skill. And I think he's a good evaluator. I think it's a good... I know you don't want to be in New Orleans if you had to choose, but I think it's a really good situation. And I think... I don't know, man. I think it's going to work out really well for Zion there. I what, really, about I, this, what, about, what about this one, guy? Okay. Zion and some salary cap filler for LeBron. And then get LeBron with Anthony Davis, Andrew Holiday. In Memphis. Yeah, in uh, New Orleans. I mean, in New Orleans, Yeah. That'd like you have to I'll admit to that would be on the table if the Pelicans were the Nets or the Knicks, yeah, right? And the and the Lakers were David Griffin, right? I, no, I'm just saying like if the Lakers, Lakers were well run and the Pelicans were poorly run, that deal no, would happen. My, my point is, if the Lakers were just they are what they are, and the and the Knicks or the Nets were, you know, the Pelicans oh. were just a much bigger market. Like right. if you're if, the Lakers, yeah. You're like, if what Anthony the fuck are we Davis was happy where he was. Exactly, and, and you we had to realize, win now. Yeah, you realize that you can't get Anthony Davis. You're like, we're going nowhere fast. Let's just reset and get Zion and kind of start over, and then we can just keep Lonzo and all the young cats with Zion and just kind of see what happens. To me, that would be the move. I just LeBron would never go to New Orleans. <laughs> the one thing I wonder about the R.J. Barrett Zion thing, and and Russillo was talking about it, was just like. His thing was like as the year went on, RJ got worse. I just don't know. Like, are they maybe go with this point guard that played four games last year, or whatever the deal is? Um, yeah, I, I really like that Knicks offer. That's what I think is great now with the way this lottery fell. 
is this Anthony like you could if you're Griffin now well, I, think I, he, I think you can you leverage could, you, more out of the Knicks because the Lakers are sitting right there too well if you had you'd have the deal done basically before the draft or going on draft day and whoever they pick you would tell them how to pick like NBA style right so they would just you're right it doesn't have it doesn't have to be RJ it could be you might like Cam Reddish you might like the dude at Virginia whoever you like the most you just have them pick and then they make the trade after but if our, if Zion says I love this guy, it'd be a better thing just to keep him happy. Plus, if you can get Kevin Knox, like the big knock on RJ was, he's kind of a drive and kick guy, James Harden style. You need shooters around him. They didn't. The Duke didn't have any shooting. That's where Kevin Knox comes in. Tell me you don't love Kevin Knox, RJ Barrett, and Zion on paper well, if you're a team trying to start from scratch. Andrew Holiday. I love Drew Holiday. But to me, you could trade him too and just get more young players. You could, but I think he's like I'm all just, the. You, I saying, think you just look around, and go, wait a second, we could be good in like two years. With I'm just Drew going Holiday. Full reset. I think Drew Holiday is a free agent next year, though. Well, then I would. Well, but maybe you resign him. Like he can be your expensive guy. Yeah, I mean, it just gives you options. Well, it's kind of like uh, Mike Conley. You can you can Darius keep Mike Garland. Conley. That's the guy, huh? You can you can keep Drew Holiday's actually not a free agent for a little while. Oh yeah, see, I'd keep him. Like, I, I yeah. think he's how old he, is he? Yeah, yeah, he's like thirty. He's NBA old. He is no, he's twenty eight, but uh, he's been yeah, old, I mean, but he's going into his tenth year. Yeah, but he had a year that he didn't. He took a little off. Remember, he took some time off because his wife, wife was sick. sick. Yeah, you know, a little less, a little more tread on those tires. I like you. Tell me that team isn't just. Isn't forty? I don't know. Why, why couldn't they win thirty-eight you, games in two years? Do you know what's great about NBA more. salaries? Is you know in the NFL you're always figuring out like how much is the cadet cap? Why is this doesn't make the yearly cash? An NBA salary is like your cap hit is your salary and your dead cap. Just if you sign a five-year, hundred million dollar, you know, year deal, the first year hundred million dead cap, second year eighty million dead cap. Like it's it's math one hundred and one. I love it. <laughs> The NFL is like, well, if you subscribe the yearly cash and the dead cap rollover with the bonus, right. it's just so fucking easy. How much? How much baseball. is an escrow? <laughs> yeah, you know. If, but if you, if you trade him, he's got this kicker, and then it kicks in. He's got this offseason bonus. You're like Jesus Christ, can you just just whatever you pay? Think how much easier it would be talking NFL contracts if that was the case. I know. I wish it was the case. God. Um, the the Howies and Parags like it being more confusing, though. That's true. I, I, John, at the end, even though I would not have, if you had asked me who I want to have the first pick, I wouldn't have picked New Orleans, but I've really gotten excited about it. I, I just think it's a good – I'm happy that a star player is going to what I think is a stable situation based on the GM and the coach. Now, New Orleans does not have a history of being stable, so I might be giving them too much credit. But in the end, like, I'm on my couch, so the channel's the same no matter where well, the guy's here, playing. Here's the problem. When you say stable – I was reading one of the big reasons Griffin took this job. Remember, he turned down the next job was because Mickey Loomis told him under no circumstances would they dictate what he wanted yeah. to do with Anthony Davis. Right. So he is being told I know. what to do about Anthony Davis. That's why he had the by caveat. the general manager of the New Orleans Saints. That's why I had the caveat, John. It doesn't have a history of stability. But it's like, again, even the history, I think Dave Griffin is a much more – you know, stable human, he is still being like he answers to the general manager 
of the fucking saints. That's fair. Like I, That's was Sean Payton 100% even being facetious? Is he like, is, well, if Sean Payton, if, yeah, if there became some power struggle, they could have Zion on the saints. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, that is not, but it's not going to happen. The, but of all the craziest shit that we will ever say, that is not that crazy. But like, relative to, to other, to it, but relative to other NBA instabilities, like having him go to Phoenix or having him go to like the Knicks. I want him on the Knicks. Well, that's a zoo. I want him well, on the true. Lakers. Well, that's a zoo. But, but I get my point is though, guy, that this team is run by an NFL team. That's I understand. Nuts. No, it's fair. It's totally fair. Totally fair. But at least the guy who's touching everything every day knows what the hell he's doing. Like I saw some hit piece on the crafts. Because I guess their MLS team in New England is the worst. Oh, and it's wow. like, if the Crafts don't want to give all their time to the soccer team, they should sell. And they it owe like, it to the fans. You know, they're like the bad owners in the MLS. Like, do you think they give a fuck? <laughs> hey, the video got blocked, though. That's all I know. Well, I, saw some, I, I, I did see that it could still come out unlawfully. I'm, it can always come out. And I'm sure it will because everyone's got a price. Because people who are mad about it are like, see, the rich again win. And I was like, no, we all win. That video staying private, we all win. Except Middlecoff who wants to see it. But the rest of us I, win. I didn't say I wanted to see it. I just said I don't have the discipline <laughs> more than likely if my FOMO, when I see some people go, oh, my God, I shouldn't have done it, but I did it. I, I, I will, my FOMO will kick in and I'll press play. Again, I... There you know, have been uh, I've never seen probably I'm not into like old people pornography, but that would be that would be an, yeah it'd be bad. But I, I I do not have the discipline not to press play uh, again. How long I'll watch? I'm not saying I would watch the whole thing. I had FOMO when you uh, texted me that you were watching Paradise Hotel the other day, so I flipped it on, and uh, I had about five minutes. I was like I don't have FOMO anymore. This is so terrible. Was, well, Cavalier is not involved enough. I thought she was like going to be. I don't think that's the primary issue. I think the people are bad bad actors. I don't even understand the game. I don't understand the game either. Like the Bachelor is so much easier to follow or the Bachelorette. Yeah, the rules of this game, like how you keep people. It was uh, one of the worst shows I've ever seen. It was one of the worst. And again, I will restate my case. If you have said that you think Twitter or Facebook, social media has ruined American minds. I will tell you that shows like Paradise Hotel has been around a lot longer than social media and are far more. They are freaking awful. Well, do you Absolutely know what's funny, the guy, worst. It's, I Instagram, just a couple quick highlights from too. the show. <laughs> and I had a guy I went to college with, Ryan McGill, sends me a DM and he said, you realize now the worst, like most mindless, shittiest reality TV is Monday night. Like that's when... On Bravo, the Summer House show, the Vanderpump's Rules, that show, The Bachelor. Like, Monday night is the king for just mindless reality TV that's, like, trying to be somewhat, you know, really risque NC17, but you don't – it's not like you see anyone really hooking up. It's like kissing, so it's not that bad, but they're basically alluding to it all. But then the shots in the bed is, like, everyone sleeping on the other side of the bed. It it was just – not but enough point, action. Is to this me, a, I would watch. Is guys this a Monday night? Fo- is this like a Monday night football take in the end? I thought that's where this was going. No, I guess just Monday night tonight when, you know, it's the first day of work for the week, so you just kind of want to sit down and veg. Maybe I don't know. I wonder if there's some thought process behind it. Yeah, there's got to be. A, it's not a thought-provoking night for, you know, WWE has Monday Night Raw. Uh, I don't know. There, there, I think there's just a big gap once football ends. Not much going on on Monday night. Because yeah. Sunday night, there's always people fighting for real estate, right? Like, that's always been a primetime spot. Sopranos, 
uh, Desperate Housewives, Game of Thrones, Billion, like a lot of Ray Donovan, like a lot of the shows, a lot of the major networks put their sweet shows on Sunday night or Thursday night. Are we 100% sure that Kevin Durant ever plays another game in a Warriors uniform? Uh, I mean, are we 100% sure he has a calf injury? I'm not saying he tore his Achilles, but are we sure? Yeah. Wait, you're you're saying he's not hurt at all or that the injury might be more serious? I'm saying the injury is more serious. Oh, yeah, that's possible. Yeah. I think there's almost 0% chance if he had torn his Achilles, given the magnitude of what that injury would mean, that it wouldn't have got out. So I am discounting that's even a possibility. I guess you could never say never. But I have but seen I, people who have this, what this report of injury was, say, yeah, this is about right for the timeline. Like a couple weeks? Yeah, whatever. Like, how, like whatever the grade of the strain in the calf that it takes, what, it, what it's been taking to this I, point. My, my, my guess, more than likely, misses a series. This series, you, yeah. There's no reason I, for him to play in this series, right? Although I'm, I do think game two will be better. You kind of like a uh, little mybookie.ag promo code HAM1. The yeah. You know, Blazers plus eight. I was talking to Mike Montgomery casually about it, and he just goes, he's like, I think the Blazers will be better in game two just because they had the game seven. It's emotional. It's a road game. Then you Altitude. have Then you have one day off to game plan for the Warriors. He's like, I just think they'll be better in game two. And it really got me thinking, like, I don't – I don't like scheduling it this way where if a team like a, I get now if two teams sweep, then you got all this time. But having one day off after a game seven to me is like it makes game one worse. Like it made for now again, I think the Warriors are good. Whatever. It may not matter in this series, but I don't love it. I'd, I'd be interested in I, it has to be TV purposes, right? Like, why don't they have floating dates? Yeah, it's got to be. It's got to be TV purposes. Because well, I don't mind it once it starts. Now we got a basketball game every night until the series ends. I love that part of it. Uh, my big takeaway last night, and I think most people. Wait, so so do you think Kevin will? Do you think if Kevin is not one hundred percent, he'll still play in the finals? He can, you know, let's say he's good, he can play, but he's just not. Like I don't think I'd be shocked if there's such a thing as a hundred percent right now. You're just saying he doesn't have the capability of getting back to one hundred percent more than likely. Yeah, so I would agree with that. Yeah, but. I do think if he's cleared, I do think we'll see him in the finals. Yeah, I mean, he's whether he's got one foot out the door, which I think we all think he does. Coward said yesterday that a player told him he's already working the phones, putting his team together. Listen, I I, I don't even consider why? myself a Warriors fan. Well, what's the rush? Well, see, guy, that's why if I was a diehard Warriors fan, I would be fucking furious if that is true. Like, bro, because now, now you're hurt, and now I'm seeing my boys what back. What if you're on I'm the team? Leave. Well, I think those guys already kind of know. And yeah. in fairness, they wouldn't they be kind of hypocrites because they did it once upon a time with him? Yeah, but they weren't doing it like it's. They were doing it selfishly to help themselves. Yeah, yeah it's I, doing it when you're doing it collectively versus I'm yeah, trying to, to leave me, you guys just, again, in the middle of I, our run. I, I do not like that. Ain't if I was like just Joe Blow fan around this area and I love this team, like that would not fly with me. I'd be like fucking leap. And the other elephant in the room now is it can't even be disputed. One, how much better the ball just moves. They're just throwback Steph Clay, Iguodala, Draymond. The random dudes coming off the bench just fitting in. It's like Quinn Cook hitting threes like he's a Curry. Jonas Jarebko. Like, this, this is fun. Jarebko? I mean, Jordan, Jordan Bell. This is fun. He lives. I, like it, I, I'm over Kevin. Like, bro, just leave. And I, I think this also, if you're a Warriors fan, everyone kind of shit on you. Once Kevin really, I think this year kind of became like that's the best player in the NBA. Well, Steph and Clay are kind of riding his coattails. And I think even 
shit talkers would acknowledge. They're good players. But I think a lot of shit talkers would say, yeah, Steph's a little overrated. Yeah, Clay, is he really a max guy? Well, fuck yeah, they are. They're stone-cold killers. And I think you get more credit. The title would be sweeter, guy. And would you have won the title? Like, Could you have beaten Houston in a seven-game series start to finish when you've been used to playing with Kevin? It might have been a little more difficult, but they clearly could have if they were used to just doing what they're doing. It's a little easier against Portland. I, I would 100% be rooting for him not to come back. Everyone's like, how could we beat the Eastern Conference teams? Can you guys look at those Eastern Conference teams? Yeah, Giannis and Kawhi are great. Who's their second best player? As we played the game yesterday with the players, like, uh, who, who are we kidding here? Like, Malcolm Brogdon? Kyle you know? Lowry? Like, he's, Get the a, he's fuck a good out player. Of here. Kyle Lowry? Okay, fine. Who has, who's had consistent anxiety issues Struggling. and flops in the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, the, the Bucks guys have never been this far. And they're going to beat the Warriors? I mean, come on. Now, I'm not acknowledging like it's a 100% lock they win the finals. But on mybookie.ag, who would be the favorites guy going into the – because I know this. If somehow the Warriors were had a plus next to their name, I mean, well, I'm putting $1,000 on it. Well, we keep talking about this too. Like when Kevin's gone, obviously someone else – you know, we just like someone else is going to win the title. Let's say that Kevin and Kyrie are in New York together. Let's say that Anthony Davis is on the Lakers. I don't know. Let's let's just say, give me the build the best team. Is it Anthony Davis on the Knicks with Kyrie and KD? Fine. Let's say they're the favorites. What is the build the best teams you can around the league, and then tell me the lowest the Warriors are going to be on the totem pole of favorites. Like I I don't see how they could be any lower than third. Maybe somebody talks themselves into Houston, but I don't know how you could after no, what you just no, saw. No, no, yeah. Maybe Kevin ends up on the Clippers. Okay, fine, but then he's not on the Knicks, so that that's that, those odds. To me, aren't if, the same. if you told if you told me the Clippers got like Kawhi, Jimmy Butler, and kept their core, you know, something like that. Like, okay, so Clippers Kawhi and Jimmy are on one team, and Kyrie and AD and and, and KD are on another team. Okay, that team so, would be one a top. Okay, so there's so there is there another team that would bump the Warriors down below three? Well, because Denver. Uh, Portland, a lot of the top teams aren't going to change. The, the, Laker, the Lakers, if Anthony Davis is on the Knicks, then he, now maybe if Anthony Davis is on the Lakers, Kawhi, yeah. we have Kawhi and Jimmy are on the Clippers, and Kyrie and KD are on the Knicks. Okay, well, and, are, one, and, one, and one curveball there would be is obviously if Anthony Davis on the Lakers, they've gotten rid of the fourth pick, right? And Lonzo and Kuzma, right? Well, if no, their team's got nothing then. If Kevin and Kyrie go to the Knicks, you always could trade that third pick for, I don't know, just a sweet player that, like, you know, not this guy, but like a C.J. McCollum, just someone like that, right? I, I don't – they wouldn't trade him for – but just a guy like that, like a Mike Conley. Uh, I don't know. You throw out a name that's a good player that's just Drew Holiday, if they were willing – you know, who knows? Yeah, does, does Memphis get a point guard and trade Mike Conley? Well, they're, they're probably going to draft Drew uh, John Morant, right? So could you get – that's just I, – I wouldn't trade for – you know, uh, I'm trying to think of another sweet – I mean, there aren't that many. Russell, well, that was the other one was like, could OKC trade Russell for the second pick? Or, sorry, for the third or the fourth pick. Like, would you trade for Russell Westbrook? You're saying Russell Westbrook, Kyrie Irving, and Kevin Durant? Or, or like Russell and, and the Lakers. Like, the Lakers trade four for Russell. I'd be all for that. I think everyone would. <laughs> I, yeah, 100%. As I was as much as I was like no Zion, I'd be yes on but, that. But but if you said like they got Russell Westbrook, LeBron James, and Jimmy Butler, it may be a nut house, but the team would be good. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
do the Sixers end up? But my point is just like we talk about the Warriors, like oh no, it's, well after Kevin leaves, it's like uh, yeah, after Kevin leaves, what? They got slammed. They're not. A lot, they're not a slam dunk. But I and you know we've been talking about this. I I under, I totally get how much better they are with Kevin, but well, one thing in one way, would... but they still are. Inc- they they're still inc- their ceiling is still inc- I just don't think those other guys have played to their ceiling consistently with Kevin on the team I don't think it's arguable well one thing they would not be if Kevin bounces and this core and they add like you know some mid-level exception like Tyreek Evans type guy they would not be the number one seed next year to me they would have like yeah. fifth or sixth seed written all over them because they would have won four championships in five years these dudes, like, how would they take regular season games seriously? I mean, they already – and Steph and Clay are guilty of this too. And Draymond does not try. And I don't blame him because he's now earned, like, his regular seasons are big. Now, he is kind of playing for a max contract, so it's a little different. So maybe they'd get in the top four. But I, I think – I don't 1, think they'd end up five, but – But you agree, 1,000%, they they're are not, not the, the number one seed. seed. Yeah. To me, they're like a 52-win team who just – has multiple blog games when you're just like, is that the worst team in the league when they just don't even try? Well, yeah, and they look, already do. And look, they already and, do. And that would, like, we'd end up in the Western Conference Finals, and it would be dicey just because before Kevin, every even when the Warriors were great, series ended up dicey sometimes. And they'd be playing a game, you know, one on the road, and we'd be like, well, fuck, you guys should have the, you know. I mean, that'll... Well, the, the, the law averages would say that they would get beat in a playoff series. Right, it'd just be their time. Maybe the next year they win it again, but a lot of averages might just be their time because they're eventually going to run out of juice. Right, five straight NBA Finals. It's just yeah, it's just exhausting above just, all else because you just don't get much time off. Like LeBron is, what has LeBron been doing? Shooting Space Jam for a month? What does Carl Anthony Towns do every year for four months? Like what does he do? You know, I what do. That'd be my issue. Like Devin Booker, I'm paying you 180 million. We don't sniff the playoffs. What the fuck do you do for four months? Like, what do you do? You're not like getting the guys together and playing pickup hoops. I don't know what you're doing. That's always my issue with. I love when they show up in Vegas for summer league. Like, I'm here to be a great teammate. I, I just think the NFL. Yeah, I, I think the the NBA consistently has because there's less of them and they're so famous. Like the most overhyped players. Like in the NFL. I feel most players, PFF maybe has changed a little bit, but like we all kind of somewhat agree, maybe a quarterback here and there, kind of who's really good, who's a middle-of-the-road guy, and who's a bad player. Like in the NBA, I think there's like Carl Anthony Towns, Devin Booker. Like the NBA media thinks those guys are superstars. I think they're to- – I wouldn't touch them. Yeah, well, in the NFL, you don't get to live off rep long at all. In the NBA uh, – that, That's a good point too because your, your contract – in the NBA, you can live off rep for a while because you just make a few, have a few sweet dunks, do some highlights, be cool. Because if you're not living up to your contract in the NFL by year two, the fans are saying cut them, and the general manager can cut them because they can get out of the contract. Yeah, right? like you being in the NBA, it's like you're so, you're overpaid, but you're solid. It's like okay, well, fine. In the NFL, like no, we don't have time. We can't. Well, Why I, would we do I think, that? I think Mike Conley is a good example. Remember three years ago, he got that $150 million contract, which at the time was like the biggest contract in NBA history. They just would have cut him by now, even if they still like, like they would have, he couldn't have kept making that money, right? Given the way they're playing. It just, baseball and basketball, once you sign that deal, you're like, I'm sick. 
Chris, I mean, Chris Davis is a great example, right? Even though he's actually kind of heating up. <laughs> I've seen him hit a couple bombs, like just watching well, MLB two, Network. Yeah, he hit two the other night against the uh, Mariners. You know who's actually having a decent year? Who's that? Hunter yeah. Pence. Oh, I know. I, because my timeline tells me every time he hits a home run. Yeah, I think he has eight. Yeah, well, my timeline tells me every time. Do you think there's any way that Vlad Guerrero Jr. weighs 250 pounds? How tall do you think he is? That's, you know, he's probably Pablo type height. I think he's foot, a little, five, you know what's sneaky about him? I think he's a little, what did you, how tall did you say? 5'11", 6". I think he's, a, yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't think he's taller than 6'1", but I do think he's taller than Pablo. Well, wasn't Vlad, like, Vlad was tall, wasn't he? Like 6'3"? See, I th- Or did he just feel taller because he was skinny? I, I Well, he's, baseball players feel tall. Like, Evan Longoria is listed at 6'1". He looks. I would have guessed Evan, Evan Longoria six three. Right. So it has it listed Vlad six three. To me, Vlad, Vlad the dad was tall. But you know, Vlad had really long legs, and I think Junior has long, like long legs. I think Junior's maybe torso is shorter. But I always, I've looked at that since Middlecoff scouting days. Always, is, is he high cut? <laughs> Middlecoff, Middlecoff taught me high cut many years ago, and so I was looking like, oh, he's high cut. Like Kevin he Durant. Some, does he got girth in the ass cheeks? Yeah. Well, like his no cat, like his, or his legs thick, like Clay. Like Clay's got Clay's got thick thighs, thick calves, strong lower half. You know. Well, it's like it. What are we talking about, Warriors? Yeah. To me, your your uh, your nickname, like no one gets Pudge mixed up. Like that was his nickname, Pudge. Right. He's like, oh yeah, but he's short and chubby. Have you seen the guy in the Brewer on the uh, Mariners, David Vogelbach? Have you seen that guy? No. Google him because he's listed at 250 and he looks like he's 295. He had a home run against the A's the other night. Bob, I know, the, got very I know mad the dude. The, I think he's first baseman or the right fielder. They have two big guys, but whoever the bigger one is for the Brewers looks like he's you know a right tackle. He says oh, first baseman, yeah, huge. What's that guy's name? Uh, he was an all-star last year. Uh, 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 Aguilar, Jesus Aguilar, yeah. Aguilar. Yeah, Aguilar. the other Jesus dude Aguilar. that looks pretty sweet. Just I love the way he swings. He's got dreads. Is Bell from Pittsburgh? He had a oh, he's ball. balling. Josh Bell? Yeah, he's yeah, balling. He's, he looks sweet. John, NL wildcard this year is going to be – I mean, NL – God, I can't talk today. NL MVP this year is going to be really interesting. To two, me, two it's going to be hard for Yellows to lose it. Well, Bellinger is fucking unbelievable right now. Yeah, but if Milwaukee has the best record in baseball. Yeah. You're right, though. I mean, he's, it's not like who's going to maintain. Bellinger's hitting 400. Time. He's hitting 409. I thought I saw A-Rash or someone tweet that he, or maybe it was Joe Davis, that he had like a bad month of May. Who? Bellinger. Bellinger? He's leading the league right now <clears throat> in batting average, in on-base, in slugging. He's got a Bonds-level OPS. It's funny. Like I base a lot of my narratives on players that I don't watch based off like one tweet. Like, the guy's really balling. I'm like, and then I'll just mention it into a casual conversation. Like, you see, this guy's really playing well. I haven't seen one game. Yeah, yeah you're like, he's hot. Like, yeah, that tweet was, I know it felt like it was last week in the NFL. That's not a game, but that's seven games ago in baseball. Well, you tweeted out yesterday. You're like, nothing is covered like OTAs. Because I saw someone today that I followed. It was Cec- like, Cecil Lammy was like, uh, uh, somebody's like, route running has gotten way better since last year. I was like, holy shit. Well, Zach, jo- Zach I think his name's Jackson. Uh, follow him. He covers the Cleveland sports. He's like, just just let everyone know. Go into uh, Browns practice today. Get ready for tweets. Yeah. You know, it's, but it's like, it's not just Odell and Baker. It's like, I'm telling you, this fourth rounder, this right tackle, I think he's got versatility. Do not be shocked if by 
you know, week seven, he's the starting offensive lineman. Yeah. He does, it's not just the star players. Because yeah. if you go to one of these OTAs, like Odell ain't going to be, if Odell's even there, doing that much. So you're really like, I'm telling you, this rookie has a chance. You're like, okay. All it takes is one quote from a coach. Like, hey, how was uh, Henderson? It's like, oh, well, you know, he's got a quicker kick slide than we realized when we worked him out. And then yeah. the next thing you know, it's like, well, could we move him to left tackle and move this guy from left tackle to right guard? And To me, if you're a wide receiver and no one's really hurt of you, and somehow you can get a rep against like their starting corner that I think we all think is decent, like just a Richard Sherman type, like if you have that guy on your team and you smoke him on a go route and catch a touchdown and they get that thing on video and it gets up on Twitter – you're in the vernacular for us for well, a while. Like, it happened remember to, that guy it happened that to Greedy. In a, on a middle of May? Opposite it, for a corner when he gets smoked. Like, it oh, happened Greedy, to Greedy Williams? He did. He got smoked. The first day, one-on-one, and it, immediately it's like, he's got to get out of that back. He's got to get out of his brakes faster. Because <laughs> he's backpedaling, and then the dude just runs by him, and it was like, ah, oh, he got burned. You know, the like, first if I was day, Greedy, John. The of, first uh, drill, probably, of rookie minicamp. Not OTAs, minicamp. rookie minicamp. Do you know what? If I was greedy, I would tweet out. I'd quote that tweet, and I'd be like, you know, for the last three months, I've been traveling to every fucking team in the league eating steaks and just kicking it, and then you expect me to come down and be lockdown guy on the first day of rookie minicamp against Joey come lately trial guy? Well, I got to say, John, the hips look a little tight. Uh, well, yeah, he's not a cover corner guy. Well, that's the he's other thing. It's like, this is not the thing he does. Let's have him one-on-one. Because I do think some GMs would say, see, that's why I don't. Uh, he's just going to struggle with that. Like, right. legitimately have a take that they have based on how they think of them. They would, when that, in some buildings, I would bet my life that at least one team, like, hey, coach, or, you know, go to the GM if you're a director, like, you see this? Yeah. Well, this is why, you know what, uh, not to, but I don't think we talked about this, but J- I was talking about baseball with JT Snow. And he told me, he's like, you know, I had like, I played 600 minor league games before I ever made it to the big leagues. Like, nobody ever saw me. Like, nobody, the media was never around when I was developing as a pro. Because he said the Yankees had this thing where he was a Yankee minor leaguer where you had to play a full year at a level. Like, they said, you're going to be in single A this year. We're not moving you. You're just going to play in single A. And that's Good or bad, you you're just going to ride it out. You're just going to, you, I don't care. You could hit 450. You are staying here for this year. But in the NFL, just doesn't work. But whatever, it doesn't work like that. Well, Randy Wynn told me because I uh, this is just name drop central right now. Yeah, I was geeking out next to him on the treadmill, and I said, "What? You know, because their lives are so much different, right, than NFL and NBA guys. Because right away, like NFL camp, once these OTAs start next week, Greedy Williams going to be checking Jarvis and Odell. Like that's who he's going to go in practice, assuming those guys show up, which they might not." But in Major League Baseball, once you do that batting practice, like when you get drafted and they call yeah. you up like that week, yeah. you may never see those cats really just beside casually at spring training at all for a while. And Randy said the biggest difference was like the great part about the minor leagues for a guy that is eventually going to make it is you can kind of struggle. Like you can go 0 for 12 over a weekend and no one mentions shit to you. If anything, it's like you just keep working on what you've been working on. The moment you are a starting big leaguer and you go 0 for 4 on a team that kind of matters, you're just getting peppered with it when you're a starter. And like in basketball, because that would be the argument for Zion, if like let's say the Knicks were to have got him 
and they got Kevin and they got Kyrie, like the way we would have judged Zion because he was going to be in the playoffs immediately, the standard would be so unfair. Well, ideally, he gets to go to the Pelicans. First couple years, he kind of gets to work on some shit and just kind of figure it out. Yeah. Like the standard for that rookie in football, and it's the craziest with the quarterbacks, but anytime you draft a guy really high, like we're going to see it this year with Nick Bosa and Cleveland Farrell. Like if if one of those two guys, we, we're going into like mid-October, does not have a sack, that would be a major story, right, for me and you. Yeah. Like, let's say Nick Bosa doesn't have a sack in his first four games. Or the, I mean, we're going to talk about the Jets here in a second. Like, Quinn let's and Williams. Let's just Quinn talk about Williams, the Jets. Like, Quinn and Williams doesn't do shit. Because I think the knock on McCagnon is, was. like, was, is that, yeah, I mean, they kind of got lucky with Sam Darnold. It was a pretty crazy trade the moment the trade was made. It's like, God, you're trading three second rounders for a pick. It wasn't a draft day trade, right, where you knew the player was on the board. It was like two months before. You're like, God, you don't exactly know who's going to be there. Now, it worked out, but it was kind of crazy, I thought. Like, yeah, again, after the fact, we have the results. But it was, to me, it was borderline past bold and a little reckless. May 15th, the Jets fired their GM, John. May That's 15th. And not ideal either. Baldy, at Baldy. Film breakdowns. Brian Baldinger tweeted, "Only one man for the job," and I didn't know who he meant, so I had to go into the comments, and there I had to get through a lot of gifts. First one was a Francesa reaction, but then I started to see Joe Douglas, Joe Douglas, Joe Douglas. Okay, who is Joe Douglas? He's and, like, uh, he's Howie's right hand guy with the Eagles. Harry Roseman. He's like they're he's basically the like Howie oversees everything. He this guy focuses one hundred percent on players, picking so, players. Everyone's making fun of the Jets today, but your opinion then would be if they end up with Joe Douglas, he's a high-level guy, and this is actually a good move. I know you're not yeah, a big McCagnon guy anyway, but... Yeah, I thought McCagnon was kind of a clown. He's widely viewed as like a kind of a can't-miss evaluator. You know, I think the Eagles would... I mean, the Eagles love him. Howie, Doug, Jeffrey, like they value him a lot. Now, they hired him from the Bears where, at the time, Gase was the offensive coordinator. So him and Adam, because my first, I had kind of forgotten that, was like, why would he take the Jets job? And then you pack two two together, a buddy might text me that worked with them both, said, yeah, they're good buddies. Very similar ages. You know, they neither of them were the head man at the time they were with the Bears. It's just one of those things. You have something in common with the guy might be your age. Whatever, they hit their front friends. So to me, this shows that, Gase hated McCagnon, and then all these stories coming out how he did not want Le'Veon Bell. He thought the C.J. Mosley contract, which it was, was absurd. That he, To me, he goes to Woody or Chris. I think – didn't Trump send Woody to, like, England? He, I don't even think he lives in America anymore. He like <laughs> That's uh, right. You're being, it's Chris Jones who's running it, which is Woody's brother. I thought his son go, was running it, Johnson. Or son or whoever, oh, one, one of the Johnsons. And you go – get rid of this guy we got this guy and it kind of makes more sense i would expect joe douglas to be the general manager of the team because you know who that and this makes sense like who else is going to be it do you see who the interim gm is adam gase it's adam gase so if you're a scout for the jets you're like i'm fucked <laughs> right <laughs> that's because today you're like we've made it a couple weeks since the draft you're like oh, i made it you know, when are we going to our draft meetings? Because usually draft meetings, which AKA just means you go to Marco Island in Florida. I got to go once and you just get read reports 
on players just to like kind of get the kind of get your base for the fall. It's it's incredible. You're getting ready for that right now. That probably ended for all those cats. And if Joe Douglas comes, which would be a big big moment for the Jets and also a big big loss for Howie. But I saw a rap sheet tweet or someone tweet that maybe it was an Eagles guy. They had hired Sashi's right-hand guy. His name was Andrew Barry. He had played at Harvard. Really smart guy. Met him one time. Pretty impressive. Okay. They had just hired him last week. So I think it might have been Jeff McClain. Like I think the writing was already on the wall that if something happens in New York, like Joe Douglas is not going to be there much longer. So they, they think that Andrew Barry will just take Joe Douglas's position. So they're kind of equipped. I'll give Howie credit. He's always done an unreal job of this. He always has top guys, like three or four guys around him that are promotable. Because you, when you have a lot of high-level guys that the league views as high-level guys, you can lose them at any moment. Now, I don't think, did they know that McCagney was going to get fired? Now, maybe Douglas did and maybe told Howie. Like, listen, I'm telling you, this is, this is going to go down. Because Adam has some juice. Isn't it kind of crazy that Adam already has this much juice? I mean, he's been there, what, four months? Five, what month are we in? Five? This is crazy. Explains his weird eyes. That's a weird cat. I, I, I do think it's fair to say, though, that Adam is ideally what you want in a coach in theory, right? He's proven that he can coach offense, proven it, with veterans and young guys, and get guys to overachieve. He is just very dependent on who's picking him as players. So if he gets Joe Douglas, someone that he respects, friends with, and he's proven he's good, I go the Jets kind of went from laughing stock to they might actually have some there, right? Well, yeah, I mean, it's just rare that teams that feel like they're in such a big transitionary period have, already have what you feel like is the quarterback. So it gives them a leg up. McCagnan, yeah. uh, McCagnan lucky or not, whatever, but Joe Douglas – if he's the guy and Adam Gase have a quarterback, they don't have to do the quarterback thing. They could just start building a team. Which they were able to do this year. Right? The Le'Veon thing is weird, though. Well, the, the story Le'Veon that Le'Veon, thing, that, that Gase didn't want to pay him that money, which who could blame him? But, but I, I don't think, was Gase alone? The entire league thought that. No one wanted to pay him. And I think the, the entire league, including Gase, has kind of been proven right. He refuses to show up at voluntary workouts. It's like Le'Veon. The entire league was offering you like one-year, $10 million deals. It looked a lot different on paper, but that's what the deals were. And this was the one team that gave you a much sweeter offer. And you can't show up for fucking voluntary workouts when the entire team is there. It'd be one thing if, you know, only half the team's there. Like, no one shows up to these. I would say nothing. But come on, bro. It's 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 clown activity. It, it really is. I mean, it's it, it, it kind of proved – how many people around the league, like, you talk about the the greedy video, are sitting in their offices over, OTA, over OTAs like, thank God we didn't fuck with Le'Veon. I sent right. you the greedy video. Uh, uh, yeah, everybody, John. Like, how do you not nail that down? Like, hey, man, it'd be great if we're going to sign you. At least in year one, you show up to the voluntary OTAs. Can we just, we can't put that in the contract. We're not allowed to tell you that, but maybe we can just kind of agree that that's something that you do. Because Le'Veon, you're, you're going to be probably the best player on our team. We want you around. Like we need, my whole thing with hey Odell man, and Le'Veon, like Odell and Le'Veon, you're being paid to be a leader. Even if you guys aren't leaders, you're just being paid to. We expect you guys to be elite. Can you guys show up? Well, let's not act. Either Maybe way. that's what Gettleman's saying the same thing today. See, well, he probably is. The, the media loves like they're voluntary. If it, it's on the league to negotiate in the CBA, yeah, 
You know what was also voluntary, guy? Mother's Day. Did you have to say something to your mom or take her to dinner? You know what's also voluntary? Your anniversary. Like, a lot of things in life are voluntary. But when you're paid a shitload of money in certain jobs, there's more ask of you to go above and beyond what's mandatory, you know? And again, yeah. we're not asking. It's I would understand. It'd be like, you know, in OTAs, you full-on scrimmage. So it's like, yeah, Le'Veon, he doesn't – I wouldn't want to scrimmage either. You're fucking running around in shorts, guy. I'm sure – like, I should ask my dad. Uh, I don't think – well, maybe he has a dress code at his office. I'm sure there are not plenty of offices that don't have, like, a dress code, but it's understood. Don't show up in cargo shorts and flip-flops. We just – everyone knows. I don't know if I'd survive in an office like that anymore. I think you'd be fine. Uh, exactly. But to me – In the city, you'd get too cold. To me, it's just simply like – we're not even talking dress. We're just talking basic show up. And here's the other thing. In these contracts, every single contract, every single one, there was like a at minimum $100,000 kicker just for showing up. Can you imagine how many players over the last 10 years, just because they're making a lot of money, could have easily just made an extra couple hundred grand that would have they could have just put away yeah. for sending their kid to school. But they're just, I like doing my own thing. I don't need 200000 <laughs> You're an idiot. All right, Middlecoff. On that note, three and out podcast, you're going to go talk to Drew Hill at Oklahoma. Yeah, uh, my uh, our buddy. Yeah, uh, tell him I said, hell no. <laughs> Inside joke. Sorry, I'll explain it later. We don't have time because John's got to go. But. Okay, adios. Later. See you later. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.